Welcome to Bird Camp Podcast. This is a show dedicated to the pursuit and promotion of upland birds, specifically the rough grouse. So if you like sitting around a campfire with your favorite bird dog and two brothers from Michigan who love talking about upland hunting, this podcast is for you. So let's put another log on the fire and start the show. This is Bird Camp. Bird Camp Podcast is brought to the Covey in part by Bark River Nice. In Michigan's beautiful Upper Peninsula, manufacturer of excellent knives made of high-end knife-specific steel for maximum performance and longevity. Bark River, founded in 2001, have high-end handle materials with ingenious convex blade geometry. Visit BarkRiver.com or on Facebook. To purchase Bark River Nice, DLTrading.com, KnifeShipForFree.com, or at your local retailer. All right, welcome to Bird Camp. It is Tuesday, May 4th. This is Season 2, Episode 10. I'm Matt Thorne. I'm here with my brother, Kevin Thorne, in the uh, Kevin Thorne Studio. How's it going, Kevin? Buenos dias. Yeah, it's almost Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> And happy Mother's Day to you. Como esta usted? <laughs> Quiero esta baño. Uh, ooh. <laughs> how, how do you say, bring me a... Dos cervezas. Do, dos... <laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't want to know. <laughs> Uno tequila. Uno tequila. Por favor. Right. So I was going to seriously stop by the Mirachi thing to shake today. Uh, Happy Cinco de Mayo tomorrow. Come on, man. <coughs> come on, man. Well, what's going on in Upland News? Absolutely nothing. I'm not even going to play the news bumper. No, nope. the only thing I saw is the same thing you saw is the turkey stamp got, no, pheasant stamp got approved. Yeah, don't Did, spread rumors of a turkey stamp. No, man, that's going to be bad. It's going to yeah. light up now. Uh, the pheasant stamp got approved in Michigan, so... Those of you that want to hunt pheasant will be paying $25. Yeah, on our Facebook page, I put a little, uh, what do you call that? Um, I asked a question, and if you're getting a... Query. It's called a query. No, nah, they called it something different. I freaking forgot. I just want to say query. You're a query. Come on, man! Um, it was like 50-50, though. I put a question was on there. It? If you're going to get a pheasant stamp, I thought it would be swaying. Isn't that our whole society? Everything's 50-50 now? Right. Yeah. Lines up with our politics. and Yeah, that's why I don't argue that crap anymore. I'm agnostic about society and politics. Yeah, yeah I keep fighting or you're going to lose. Yeah. That's, my... that's your fight? I'm out of fight, man. <laughs> quitter. I'm just quitter. Cool, man. All right, see, so I get it. Oh, hey, you sent me that picture of that. Lake Sturgeon caught in the Detroit River. That's not really upland, but it's kind of outdoorsy and cool. Oh, that was incredible. They, uh, I think it was in Lake St. Clair along Detroit. Yeah, it said Detroit River. Um, which isn't actually Lake St. Clair. But it's, well, it was south. It, Lake St. Clair goes, right. that, goes that way. It's right there by Sperm Island. What's, what country's straight south of Detroit, man? Canada. They, oh, Canada. On Cinco de Mayo. Oh, Canada. Nobody knows the other words. <laughs> now we're going to get in trouble with the Canadians. Kind of like God Save the Queen. Same time. What happens when you get in trouble with Canadians? They withhold maple syrup from you? I don't know. Quit making hockey pucks. 
the Zambino machines. Oh, no, that's trouble. That has been a lifelong goal of mine to drive a Zambino. Oh, I think it's going to happen now. Somebody. I was actually at a minor what league. Do? I was at a minor league hockey game about thirty years ago, and they had a new Zambino Zam Boney driver, and he drove it right through the wall. No way. <laughs> at wings, <laughs> it was awesome. It took about forty-five minutes to reset the boards. But anyway, uh, back to the Burt Camp podcast. Covey, we uh, have a special guest on today. Tracy Liskey. Like whiskey. Rhymes with whiskey. Come on, man. Uh, Tracy has been in the Upland area for a long, long time with many different experiences from dolls to guns. Wait, you didn't talk about our co-host, our female co-host. Oh, yeah. We have special guests in the studio today. It's Maggie. Maggie, Maggie the super dog. Maggie May. The Lou Allens. Hey, Maggie, say, say something. She doesn't talk. I know it. She never talks. She's a silent majority. Is she? She's on my lap right now. But we do have Tracy on, and we appreciate Tracy oh. coming on. And he's got about three or four topics we're going to talk about quickly with him. Uh, you'll have to kind of excuse the the audio cleaned up. The engineer Matt, engineer El Perfecto Matt, cleaned up uh, a lot of audio. But we had a kind of a bad connection on this one. So Yeah, I think he was on his cell phone up north and... Uh... Yeah, shady area. Yeah, but that can't be helped, so we cleaned it up. But we'll continue on with uh, Tracy. Well, hang on a second before you do that. Um, we never finished the sturgeon thing, by the way. Yeah, you're kind of getting ahead of yourself. So this picture of the sturgeon was a guy laying on his in his. But was it a boat? Is that it, it was, was in a small dock? boat. The sturgeon was six foot eleven, I think. In height. In length. Yeah, it was definitely it, bigger. In length. I like, forget the weight. What was the weight on it? It oh, was incredible. It was a couple hundred pounds. I think it was 200 pounds. But there was a guy in the boat laying next to it that We're, was six Properly wearing a mask, but the sturgeon was not wearing a mask. Yeah, he's laying in a boat. If you know a sturgeon, tell him you got to wear a mask and you're out of the water. Well, how do they do that with those tentacles on their face? <laughs> do they make special masks? Or do those poke through or do they wrap them around? Or? I don't know. They're probably made in China. I don't know. Man, it, it was a scary looking fish. I saw that in the water. I'd probably walk on water. Uh, see, even though it was out of the water and probably dead, I don't think I'd still lay next to it because, <laughs> you know, it'd probably come back to life and just swallow Some fish you. alien comes out of yeah. its gut and goes right in your eye. Right. <laughs> Awful. So right now I'm on the birdcamp.net. For those of you listening, you should go to our website, and there's a countdown to opening day for uh, Michigan. It's 133 days, 5 hours, 56 minutes, and a little bit of seconds. So we're kind of like beyond the halfway point here, aren't we? What was that count again? 133 days, basically. Until I can wear orange. Well, you can wear orange now if you go onto our website it's like and buy you can't, some of our promotion you can't wear sweatshirts white. or t-shirts. What is it? You can't wear white before Mother's Day or something? No, can't can't wear orange till September 15th? Is that you can what it is? wear orange whenever you want. Well, not during turkey season unless you're a dumbass, and, you know. <laughs> it's turkey season right now. What would Donald Trump look like in all orange? He doesn't have gear? to wear orange. He's got orange hair. <laughs> orange skin. Does, if, if the DNR found him in the woods, would they say, you're cool, man. You got enough orange on him? Yeah, probably. Would he's wearing a suit? <laughs> all orange suit. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Anything else? We should sell that on our web store. An all orange suit. This <laughs> podcast. On. We could use the... the With a red tie. <laughs> <laughs> what what does the guy on the sitcom say? Uh, How I met your mother. Suit up, suit up, orange suit up. Of course, right. then would you just look like a prisoner? Oh, that's a good idea. And hunting up north, there's a lot of prisons up there, so they might. Yeah, 
They might come chasing after you. You get anything? No, we lost one of our party, though. He was shot by the uh, prison warden. <laughs> prison warden got him. <laughs> he thought an orange suit was cool. All right. You want to get on with Tracy? I don't know. You got anything else to say? I it's really, like, I scanned the news. I didn't see anything. It's like that time of the year where there's like not much to talk about. I tried to go turkey hunting behind my property. I went back there and uh, uh, I did see two turkeys, but I did not see a male turkey. There were a couple chicks. Really? And then uh, hens. Hens. They were spooked by a deer and then the deer was just a little doe, which is kind of weird. But. Nothing. I only went once. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything hunting wise. Our friend Brandon is going to go, uh, I think, in two weeks or next weekend, and he might bring us some footage. That's going to be his first time turkey hunting. So that'd be interesting. Yeah, there's somebody else I have to reach out to for footage. Who's that? Todd. He's got turkey footage? They go to turkey camp every year. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Todd, send us some footage. Yeah, I'll get on Todd. Um, I'd say I don't really have anything. I scanned the news. I was looking for something. There just wasn't much outdoor news. I mean, we can. Well, let's talk about our cabin we're designing. That's a good talk. Oh. Why not? Oh, future bird camp. Nobody listens anyways. Yeah, there's so, some people. So we went to buying a cabin together, kind of. It's mostly going to be Kevin's. But I'm just going to help out with what? Construction, some financial. Moral support. Moral support. <laughs> We went from buying a cabin. We already have the land on our family farm. And then we, we, we'd go up there and hunting. And during our hunting breaks, we're like driving around like, hey, there's a cabin for sale. Let's stop and look at it. Hell yeah. And then we think about it and like, oh, I just needs too much work. Or it's sold. And recently it's sold. It's sold. It's sold. And then you started looking in the Atlanta area and Ross County. Oh, yeah, and I, looked, and I looked well from Alpena, Atlanta. That one house in Alpena. Yeah, it was a nice one. Gone. Gone. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I've been talking to some realtors. Anything in northern Michigan is just gone. And multiple showings and cash offers. And so continue. So what are we where are we at now? So at one point we designed this like uh barn dominium. Barn duplex minium. Barn duplex minium, which was a basically a post frame or pull barn where you have storage on one side and a small living area split on the other side. And then we priced that out, and that was just crazy because lumber was coming up at that point. And so we got off that, and then we started looking at different areas than building our land. Then we went to having a, a friend of ours, a friend of our uncles up there, build us a. Or, um, no, he was going to build that. Then we went to those little sheds that you see on the side of the road everywhere now. And those things are stupid expensive. And then you can't get them across the bridge. And the one guy that is across the bridge that has them won't give me any prices because he's a communist. So we're back to just a pole bar. A pole bar. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to put the campers in the pole bar and pull them out when we're up there, which is like the cheapest thing to do. But. So, hey, give us some feedback on what you think. <laughs> yeah. What have you done at your camp? Yeah, that'd be interesting because really all we need is a three-quarter bath and a fire pit and a place to take refuge if the weather's cold or bad to watch TV. Right? And a kitchen of some sort. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a kitchen, which could be an outdoor barbecue grill. Yeah, yeah. for the short term, yeah. But we have most of that on the campers. So Yeah, that's the thing. With camper, get you a bathroom, get you a kitchen. Yeah. And... 
So now you're thinking maybe motorhome, maybe down the road. Well, I looked into, what did you call them, Class Bs or Cs? I think those are Class Cs. Yeah, that's out. Too much? 80,000 used. Well, that's, oh, for a nice one. Yeah. But I found one for 2500 bucks when we were looking, and we ended up getting a travel trailer. Yeah. And I, the reason Kevin's looking for a motorhome, because I have the travel trailer, if you have a pole barn, they're parked side by side, and you want to stay in the campers, not that you can do that legally, but let's say you're going to, you, you can't pull through unless you make a pull through pull barn which is more expensive so you want to back one in and pull one in while motorhome you could pull in and travel trailer you could back in so then you could open them both up inside if you wanted to well with the real estate boom what was for me i want somewhere where i can walk out and hunt yeah we we have that on our family land that's what i'm getting to i want someone where i'd like to be near a sharp tail rough grouse woodcock even duck and geese, I'd say even because I'm a big lake sturgeon. Uh, um, I want it somewhere where I can kayak. <laughs> and my brother just looked at me one day and says, You know, we have that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and plus, it's where I grew up. So it'd be kind of cool to go home. But we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll keep you posted. Any ideas you have, any experiences, the, especially the what pits we can fall into in this, let us know. We'll listen to you. Okay, I'll do our uh, self-promotion here. So speaking of feedback, we're looking to get some more feedback on Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. And then please tell your friends about this because, I don't know, this podcast must suck or something because we're losing uh, uh, listenership over time, it seems. So give us some feedback on what you guys want. If you just want my brother and I to talk like this, if you want us to interview more guests, if you want us to do more bird stories, anything else I can, you know, whatever you guys want, let us know because, I mean, we're all in our second season and we're trying not to stick to a straight format, um, but we want to just gain listenership to make this a community-based podcast right and that's one of the things we do is ask for first best or last and the company yeah. knows that it's to get your involvement and and another idea as far as involvement like you just said was bringing on you know somebody else when we do these podcast recordings you know one of our listeners and we couldn't do that with covid last year but now that things are supposedly getting better that's something in the future we could probably do and we, and another thing we talked about is doing on-site doing remotes right doing remotes which we can do with uh, my travel trailer so well, we've done this podcast from four different locations two here and two there and so right. we we have the ability or matt does to move us on site we, tra- we, we've talked to some people about doing that and, and the travel trailer is pretty cool to record in. Yeah, I think that's one of the better ones. Or if you want more videos, videos are kind of uh, PETA to put out, but um, nobody likes looking at us anyways. But we are going to try to do some hunting videos uh, through you guys, like you know, like we talked about, and our own party as well, you know, starting this fall. So let us know if you can give us um, – some good feedback and uh, give us some ratings on Apple and tell your friends about us. We do have the knife contest. Uh, that's on our website. Um, you can be one of our patrons on Patreon. Um, also, if you buy some of our merchandise, that will get you into the contest for the Bark River Knife contest that we're giving a giveaway. We have it right here in front of us. It's a Bravo one with an orange handle. It's really sweet. It's a nice knife. <clears throat> good so, enough? Yeah, without further ado... Let's talk to Tracy 
Blisky. Yes. And uh, you'll, I think you guys will enjoy this. Bird Camp, Season 2, Episode 10. We have the honor of having Tracy Liskey on with us. And Tracy, looks like you spent some time in Kentucky and Michigan. Yes, I've been fortunate to travel quite a bit of the country. I've spent you know, most of my formative years in Michigan and moved, moved to Kentucky uh, kind of uh, back in the year 2007. And in between, I've uh, been to Idaho, Texas, South Dakota, uh, Florida, Tennessee, as well as uh, back in Michigan. Most of those states are good bird states. Get a lot, yes, of, lot of hunting and uh, different experiences, I'm sure. A lot of different types of terrain, a lot of different types of birds as far as species. Uh, one thing I found that uh, it's pretty universal, a good dog is a good dog and it'll perform well under all situations. Yeah. And, and you have several different uh, fingers into the uh, upland hunting experience here. And I was just kind of wondering if you could describe uh, what who you are and what you do for the industry. Well, I train dogs primarily. I also guide hunts. Uh, the, the guiding has become a bigger part of my uh, career over the years. And uh, it kind of works in and in with the dog training, of course. Uh, I've also owned my own lodge over the years. And uh, found out that, that was just like running any other kind of business and became more office and clerical than uh, getting out in the, the woods and fields are really my passion. So I sold it in 2017 and uh, returned to training dogs and guiding bird hunts, taking people out on some fantasy upland experiences. And what kind of bird dogs do you uh, normally, or what, what do you have and what do you normally train? Well, I train, you know, primarily hunting dogs and it doesn't matter whether they're a, a flush or a retriever or a pointer. Uh, because I do kind of specialize in grouse and quail, most of the dogs I see are pointing breeds. Uh, I'm not breed blind whatsoever. A good dog is, uh, can be of any any breed in my use. Okay. Yeah, um, I've had an English setter and currently I have a Llewellyn female. She's about four. She's with us here in studio, so you guys might hear her walking around a little bit. But... And, and what are you involved with now? Currently, I have, you know, in, in my particular own string of, of bird dogs that I, that I guide with, I have three Baron Deutsch Dropars, three English setters, and an English field Cocker Spaniel. Did you say a Cocker Spaniel? Yes, sir. He's, he's, he's an English field Cocker Spaniel, which differentiates immensely from the AKC bred uh, American Cocker. Uh, they are bird-finding, bird-flushing retrieval machines. Really? Well, is, isn't that where the Cocker Spaniel, I mean, basically came from? They, they developed it as a hunting dog? Isn't that true? Oh, it was at one time, yeah. It was a very popular hunting dog back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Right. So people got their hands on it. Yeah. You know, you know what happens when uh, people don't select for hunting traits, but for appearance traits, then they lost the hunting desire in that. American cockers, but the English cockers still have a ton of uh, bird 
tray drives and uh, retrieving abilities and uh, they're very durable little dogs and I've Utilize them with my string of dogs for the last 25 years. And and size wise, are they are they the same as American or are they bigger or smaller? Uh, they're a little bigger, maybe uh, a little certainly a lot sturdier and, and stockier. Okay. And uh, I, I'd say they're more of a. Are they pointers or they they act more like flushers? No, they're a flushing breed. Yeah, flush. Okay. And and uh, what what's what's the, Tracy, what's the name of your uh, business for the dogs? Well, currently I'm training dogs under the Mimos Farm banner. Uh, you know, I've trained dogs under my own wildling lodge and kennel uh, name as well as my own personal name, Tracy Whiskey Dog Training. Uh, you know, currently what I'm operating here at, at Mimos Farm in North Central Michigan is uh, I'm here from mid-March until mid-December, and then I travel to the south and am training and guiding uh, bird hunts and bird dogs uh, in the former conditions. And um, Mimo's Farm was uh, one we hadn't heard about. What kind of facility is that? Well, it's a 1,700-acre wing shooting retreat. Uh, the lodging the dining are all five star. The hunting is extremely good, uh, both for uh, preserved pheasants as well as I've introduced a quail hunting experience here where the quail are an early release program. And uh, by the time we hunt them, they're in coveys and it's, it's good or better than anything you'll see in the South. Really? That's very interesting. And where's that located at? Mimo's Farm is in Everett, Michigan, which is uh, north of Great Grand Rapids and south of Traverse City. Oh, yeah. yeah every bird hunter knows Everett. Uh, it's a good, not a bad grouse spot either. There's some good places right around there. And uh, You know, there, there is some, some grouse woods that certainly I train on uh, during the open training season on grouse and woodcock around the vicinity of Mimo's Farm. Primarily, though, I go to the UP in the fall. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we all do. Yeah. <laughs> I go to the UP in the fall, and uh, we, we offer an uh, all-inclusive wing shooting experience on grouse and woodcocks uh, with a uh, very good dining and uh, lighting experience. In the UP? In the UP. Is that part of Mimos, then? No, no, it's not part of Mimos, but but I do book my calendar through Oh, okay. Okay. What, what part of the UP? We're, we're actually we were both raised partially. I in the would UP. say, well, we get up there once the moratorium on uh, training bird dogs on on wild birds is lifted, and that usually is about the second week in July. We start our training and scouting program then. Uh, while we're training dogs. Of course, we're looking for birds, and when we are finding broods of birds, we're marking them. And uh, as I get back at the end of the night, before we're finding birds at, trying to find out where the highest concentrations are, and that's what we target going to come come October. Okay, more in west end or east end? More in the west end is where I've been. 
had in the last 10 years. Oh, okay. Excellent. So this isn't a separate reserve up there? This is just something no, you do? No, okay. no. We are hunting state and federal land. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Some paper company land that's open to hunting. Right. Uh, return back with us to the dogs for just a second, Tracy. When do you like to have the dog? If I was going to purchase a bird dog, when do you want to have your hands on them? I like to initially see them when they start showing some independence. You know, puppies, dogs, they mature kind of like kids. They all do it at different times. So some may need to have uh, more formal training at the younger age. Some, because they mature a little slower, might not be ready for a little later time frame in, in their life. Uh, meaning, some pups are ready at four months old to proceed and uh, go on that journey to being a, being a full-fledged bird dog. Some of them, not till eight, ten months old. I like to, once they start showing some independence, uh, you know, being on their own, that's when we like to get up. Interesting. It starts in formal training. And how long do you, th I know it varies on every dog, but how long generally do you have to work with them? How many days, weeks? Well, it, it, it varies again on, you know, on, on, the, on the dog's performance and the dog's state of mind, the ability to grasp the learning situations. But typically, I like to have them six to eight weeks. Okay. Are you taking any uh, current reservations right now, or are you pretty uh, filled up? Well, I'm filled up right now until July. Okay. Yeah, and speaking of July, uh, we saw that uh, on social media you put out the uh, grouse workshop at Mimo's Farm. Um, that's July 8th through 11th. Yes. And, yes, uh, we're really excited about the, the, about the workshop. Okay. Are there are there still openings available for that? Because I saw there are there are openings okay. for the for the grouse workshop. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been wanting to do something similar to this for quite some time. I was able to uh, put, the, put together the, the guys that we have, and I really think that this is going to be tremendous for people that want to learn uh, how to jumpstart the grouse hunting uh, in a quick fashion instead of doing a lot of things and learn by the wrong way. It sounds excellent to me. And who are the uh, presenters or speakers, as you may say? Well, we have... Uh, Retired game bird biologist from the state of Michigan, Al Stewart, heading up our our lineup. Yep. Uh, yep. We we had we had Al on on earlier okay. this year. Yeah. You you know Al's credentials and he's regarded yep. as worldwide expert on drop on drops. Yeah. yeah, we're yeah. aware, and uh, we'll we'll make sure our listeners are aware. And then I, I see you're going to be there, and then there's a. I, I got the website open right now, so I'm helping you out here. Okay, uh, Patrick, is that is he related to you then? Same last. That's my younger brother. Okay, and he. Oh, I, I hate those younger and, brothers. And a, <laughs> Shut up. I hate those younger yeah. brothers. You no, know, he's, he's a, a world acclaimed shooting instructor as well as shotgun shooter himself. Okay. Uh, and what he's going to be doing, Pat is going to be doing. Uh, Shotgun and shooting instruction first on clay pigeons throughout our sporting clays, five stand, trap, and ski courses. And then on day two, we're going to shoot live birds over bird dogs in the woods. Oh, that would be awesome. Not, not grouse and woodcock, mind you. They're going to be pigeons or, or, or chuckers. Yeah. yeah. And, and you have uh, Glenn coming in from RGS? Yes. And, yes. And are, are these guys going to be speaking as well as hands on training? Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. So what we're gonna what we 
plan on having, uh, the whole idea kind of revolves around having each, having small groups break out into, uh, you know, five different or four different uh, venues. And then after a couple hours, we'll rotate. Yeah, I've done that in a different industry quite a bit. It's very, it's very impactful. And yeah. I, I got to so, so, tell you, you, you put me in a small group with Al, I'm taking notes because that guy's a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, then your last uh, person you're having there is Dave. Uh, Van- Dave Vanderbrand. Vandenbrand, yeah. Yes, and Dave is uh, a world-renowned gunsmith who is going to talk about how to take care of your fine guns, both the before you go to the field, while you're <clears throat> in the field, and, and after you leave the field, maybe even at the end of the season. Uh, Dave has done work for Purdy and Sons. Uh, he's uh, just a wealth of knowledge about, about shotguns. Really? So you so you got somebody on shooting, which would be your younger brother, hopefully better looking than mine. They know. And <laughs> you've got a gun expert in Dave Vanderbron. Yeah, fighting expert too, yeah. Yep, and you got... Al, the DN- Al is the DNR, he's the worldwide expert on rough grouse. Right. And then you have Glenn from the Rough Grouse Society. I can't think of a more dynamic well, and lineup. Tracy himself, who is the uh, dog expert. Yeah, and you're so, I'm sorry. And, and what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be doing dog training and dog handling in the woods in grouse type situations. You know, uh, we're going to be able to run on grouse in Woodcock. As well as I'm going to be working in the woods with some pigeons and some chuckers uh, to allow people to uh, experience it. And, and they're welcome to bring their own dogs. Yeah, that's, I, was, I was just going to ask thing. you that. So, okay. Yeah, that, that was my big question, too. Yeah. They're, they're encouraged to bring their own dogs, and I'll work with the dogs in the woods, and uh, we're going to put them in grouse-type situations. Okay, I know my brother has the website up. What is the name of this event? It is the the Mimos Farm Grouse Workshop. And what's the dates on that, Tracy? It's in Michigan. Date? What date? I got it right here. Oh, Oh, what date? Yes. I got you, Tracy. It's July 8th through 11th, 2021, obviously. And that's up there at Mimos Farm. uh, Yes, and it's an all-inclusive workshop. It doesn't cover just uh, the seminars that we're going to be having all day long. It covers the lodging, all the meals. And again, the lodging meals are five star. We're not going to be having hamburgers and hot dogs. Uh, and rough, this is this is going to be living living the way you should. Nice. And, and some of the for some of your listeners, some I've, I've held similar events before in the past, and some of the greatest learning and conversation takes place after dinner when everybody's losing up and sitting around the fireplace. Oh, and that's exactly what this podcast is. I mean, it's called Bird Camp, and our, even our logo is a fireplace, and that's that, that's how we started, is we uh, share the best stories and learn the most around the uh, campfire. Sure. Yeah, very similar. Very similar. I know some of our best memories are sitting around the campfire talking about the hunt of the day and many other things. This is a wonderful event. Is there still openings? There are still openings. Okay, and then we can drive people, if they're interested, uh, right to the MIMO website. Um, I got that as uh, mimosfarm.com. It's M as in Mike, E-E-M-O-S farm.com, right? That's right. Okay. Well, I, I, I know if 
I had the availability this summer. I would love to just come sit and take notes. That'd be a wonderful event. Um, unfortunately, I'm not sure if I have availability, but I know a couple of our guys in our camp would probably be really interested. And uh, so that that's a huge event. Great job, Tracy. I, I just huge. And uh, we'll point everybody to it. Great. Some of the other events we're going to be having in the most, uh, we'll be having a world-renowned trainer, Ronnie Smith, in for one of his foundation seminars in September. Okay. And, again, that's uh, a real hands-on training seminar where uh, people learn how to train their dogs. Excellent. Additionally, we're going to, we're going to have uh, Steve Smith from the Pointing Dog Journal as well as Tom Butler, the famed author, and Al Stewart himself, back for a whale hunt in September. That'll be the uh, 12th through the 12th through the 15th of September. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. That's right before. Uh, again, for those that have hunted whale with me over the years, whether it be out west or down south, if they can recall how wonderful seeing those companies of good flying birds were. Uh, they're going to be able to experience it in September in Michigan where the weather's a little cooler. Most states aren't opened up to hunting yet in September, certainly not in the South. And uh, experience covey quail hunting this way tend to be. Yeah, that's something that most people that, you know, hunt mostly in Michigan, from Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, don't normally... They don't normally quail hunt unless they go to somewhere to do it. So right, that's, exactly. That's a great no, opportunity. I, I did it for ten years in Kentucky at my wild lodge. Uh, we got pretty good handle on, on the quail hunting experience. And most folks are gonna see you're gonna see fifteen to twenty big hard flying coveys in a day. Well that's yeah. that's outstanding. Yeah, I lived for my occupation, I lived in uh, Georgia for about what, four or five years and uh, I was involved in a hunting club there and so i got my taste of quail hunting it's a little bit different than uh than grouse and woodcock hunting that's for sure yes it, yes it, this, this is not as opposed to the grouse and woodcock hunting where we hear a lot of birds we see few we kill less sometimes uh this is a high volume shoot where simply you know you're potentially shooting a box and a half of shell in the day you know, right or, or a morning and then a box and a half of shell in the afternoon <laughs> yeah, you get a lot more action, a lot less walking. That's like a that's like a season or two for us grouse hunters. <laughs> I think I still have shells from the nineties. Um, Sad. Well, well, that great information, Tracy. You're a great guest, and uh, obviously well, well endowed into the upland experience here. Uh, we we got the information on Mimos, and we will point our listeners to that and connect to it so everybody can look at the events and see them. Importantly. How do we? How do our listeners find you for your dog training and other adventures? Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, people are coming to us for for, for dog training and have for years. Uh, how how my uh, wild bird hunting with on grouse and woodcock and he came about it that I was taking folks' dogs up there to train them. And then they would come up and see them and pick them up, and they said, "Oh, this is phenomenal! I've got to book a hunt now with you, Tracy, to come back up during the regular hunting season." 
Nice, nice. And how can the listeners find you for for your guide service and your dogs? What is what is the age that Dumbledore can send me with their dogs? No, no, no. How, how can the listeners find you, Tracy? Oh, they can certainly uh, inquire through the Memo's website. Okay. Or they can they can contact me directly. Uh, I have uh, they can go to tracyliskey.com and that's got all the uh, pertinent information, contacts, and, and whatnot. Okay, and you're on social media. You're on Facebook as well, right? And, and I'm on, on Facebook as Tracy Liskey also. Okay, excellent, excellent. Well, you're a good resource for our listeners, and I know we're going to get questions. I bet you my phone will start pinging tonight, and uh, we know how to get a hold of you. Is there anything else you want to tell us? No, I just applaud you guys. Hey, it's a it's a great uh, it's a great experience to be out in the woods in the fields chasing a bird dog, and it takes us to places that we probably would never go otherwise. Oh yeah, yeah, taking me to and my brother to some wonderful places. Yeah, quicksand, and white bunnies, and everything else. But it, it's a great sport. I'm just you know we all just want to live longer just to be out there in the fall, right? That's so. Right. Well, you've given us a lot of information here, Tracy. We'll link up to your social media so everybody can find you. And um, one question I had, you cut out just a little bit the author that you're having this fall. Who is that? Tom Hugler. Tom Hugler. I, I got it right here. Okay, right we got it. I, I, I'm a re- Tom, Tom Hugler's written numerous books for uh, on upland wing shooting as well as uh, he's uh, been number of magazines shooting sports and the point dog journal oh, all those magazines we all look at yeah yeah that's I, that was for the one later this fall right before opening day it's uh joined steve smith and uh tom hugler tom hugler and al stewart and myself oh, and al stewart and yourself okay yeah and and the only reason i that was a selfish question because i like to read quite a bit still so I, I, I'll look him up, and I'm sure I've read in the industry journals many of his articles, but always looking for new writers, so that's awesome. Okay, Tracy, any last words before we go? Appreciate you contacting me. It was good talking to you. All right. Thanks for being on the uh, podcast, and we hope to uh, talk to you again sometime. And, uh, Sounds great. All right. Thanks again. Have a good night. Okay. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Like to enter the knife contest? Check it out at Patreon forward slash BirdCamp. Leave us some feedback, which we would appreciate. Our email is mi.birdcamp at gmail.com. Check us out on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for BirdCamp. Our website is www.birdcamp.net. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next show. See ya.